Oh. <laughs> I was too excited about starting a podcast. You need a new one. Oh. To get you a new one. Oh, I'm still waiting on you getting me a lot of things, actually, Loz. I don't know why I'm responsible <laughs> for buying you things. Look, there's just a weight shaking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the North Egypt's <clears throat> podcast episode 112, I think. Nice. I think, could be 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't really discussed what we're going to talk about, but I did uh, have a quick look on BJJ Eastern Europe for some articles. I thought we should maybe discuss yeah. recent jiu-jitsu news. Current events. Yeah, yeah. So one of them was that Chael Sonnen's come out and said that he believes... Every grappling event should have the same rules. Uh, so if you're new to jiu-jitsu, there's lots of different organizations within the jiu-jitsu umbrella, and most of them have different rules or at least different flavors of a similar rule set. True. So what do we think about this? Like, do you think jiu-jitsu should have all the same rules across? And I guess the big, big question is same rules across gi and no gi as well. Mm. I think it's deep and it's hard, I think, because jiu-jitsu is a living sport. Like, it evolves. Like, we've talked about this before, how positions 20 years ago, 40 years ago uh -huh. are now a mainstay, right? And 10 years from now, some things will be that are, that are everybody has to do or know right now mm -hmm. is gone and stuff comes in new. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe it doesn't matter on the lower ones, but the big ones, the ones that matter should. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, if it's going to be... You know, IBJJF, it's going to be Abu Dhabi. If it's going to be uh, like Copa de Polio or something like that, it probably would be good that they had this, right? So mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want on the lower levels, but yeah. at the top tier, these things are here. But what mm -hmm. do you think? Well, why, why are they all different? Just because of the way it's just... That's a good question, actually. I think... Um... Let's see, so you, the main governing body is IBJJF for like the majority of tournaments. Mm. And they set like a, a pretty good foundation of what the rules are. Mm -hmm. And then I think when other promoters want to come in and they don't agree with like a certain bit of the rules, most people use the IBJJF and then tweak like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they tweak the yeah. IBJJF except for... Yeah, yeah. Um, but why is that? Because people want to see more submissions. Yes. Right? So when you look at like Abu Dhabi, the first thing, one of the things that they did, at least in the early ones, aging myself, this was 98. Uh, <laughs> like, I think for the first five minutes in the championship match or something, they, they gave no points. Because mm. they wanted you to go after it. But then after a few years of that, they realized that it actually made the fighters more passive. Yeah. Right? So I think that people, I think the initial intent was to make it more aggressive, to make it more submission focused. But continue, I'm sorry. I was just excited. I guess most people are just trying to find out like their variation of their favorite rule set. You know, like Polaris and uh, who's number one, I believe, both do. It's essentially just submission only, but then judges' decision if it doesn't go to, and it's not really points award, it's just like who, they have their own it's criteria, but who's like the more aggressive fire, who mm. had, I think one championship have one where it's like, uh, if you, it's sub only 10 minute round. However, if it goes to judge's decision, they do it on like submission catches. It's like if I caught you in a heel hook and you had to escape, then that, then the decision would go to me, mm. even though I didn't tap you. And then weirdly enough, it's like if, let's say we both call each other in two submissions and then with 10 seconds to go, you catch me in a submission, I escape though. And then it goes to judge's decision. You'd be the winner because you had the last you had submission the last chance. Oh, sorry, if, yeah, if it was like two submissions to me, one submission to you, you caught one in the last ten seconds. So we were both two-two on the submissions, mm -hmm. um, and it goes to judge's decision. Then you'd win because you had the last attempt on the sub. sub. Uh, so there's like all these different different ways going about it, and I think 
you know, you, I hear a lot of Danaher's guys talk about how they train a lot differently depending on what rule set they're going into. Is it going to be submission only? Is it going to be um, like an EBI uh, right. event where you might need to think about doing a lot more of the overtime stuff? Now, this is a cool thing. I thought one of the coolest in innovations in competition was the EBI overtime, right? So essentially at the end, right, uh, if things are tied, like I'll have to lay down, interlace my hands, and then Teal gets set up what they call the spider web to lay back with my arm, and then is it one minute or two minutes? You start like two minutes like that. I think so. Yeah. Right, and then and then let's say uh, he he strains my arm, right, uh, and catches me, and then we switch positions, and I get the arm on him for two minutes, mm -hmm. right, and then I don't, and then he would win because he got he got the arm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like stuff like that. And they I think they have several positions. I think it's like spider web, mount, back mount. And I, but I don't know why which thing is chosen. Like I don't I don't know. But I like that idea. I thought that was cool. I think for the sport we I think for the sport to evolve better, we need to have one unified rule set mm. because it allows much easier spectating. Because if you go watch football, wherever you are in the world, you know what the rules are. Like, yeah. if you know what football is in the UK, if you know the rules, <laughs> it's it's universal. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can, you know, it's the same with jiu-jitsu, but competing outside. Like if you go to travel to some country where you don't speak the language or anything like that, you can go play, play football with a bunch of like bunch yeah, of kids, true. you know. In jiu-jitsu, like if you if you go to a different academy, sometimes I've got to ask, like, oh, do you guys do heel hooks and no gi? Like, mm. oh, do you guys not do that? Like, at what level do you allow, allow different things? Yeah. It's like there's um, and for a spectator, especially I think because a lot of people come into the sport from gi, and then but a lot of people watch no gi, uh, it's a bit of a weird thing where you're watching ADCC and trying to figure out. I mean, most of the ADCC competitors are still trying to figure out the ADCC rules. Right. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, uh, but um. I think it'd be a good thing for the sport. I think, I think it would likely be that there's a different rule set for gi and no gi, which arguably then, if there's different rule sets, is it different a sport? Is it a different sport like kind of Gaelic football and like mm. kind of normal football? Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. it looks very similar, but it's very different. There's some different yeah. underpinnings. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a tough thing. I think because if the innovation of the rules is to accommodate the new positions and to incentivize more submissions, then it's good. Um, and I think it'll just take some time for everybody to kind of figure that out. Like, what is that? Mm. Um, what, what for you is the, the best rule set or purest rule set? Or? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I can't front. I only care if someone really gets the sub. Like, I don't, yeah. if, if you navigated whatever rule set to give to the submission, I'm happy. Um, this is, I know this is corny, but like one of the reasons I don't watch competitive chess nearly as much is because at the super high levels, like they'll just call a draw, right? They'll just be like, uh, 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 uh you're going to win in seven. Draw. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> even though I see you guys know that well enough, I would like to see that play out to the mm -hmm. checkmate. Mm -hmm. Right, but I think they see it as redundant or stupid or whatever, right? And then also, even though yeah, it's seven moves to checkmate or whatever, how do we know that someone wouldn't have made a mistake? Mm -hmm. How do we know that they wouldn't have missed it? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And so I've been bothered by that a lot in chess, and it's the same way in jujitsu. Like, I can appreciate you know any match that that ends on points. I can appreciate all jujitsu matches, but my favorite matches are obviously where the sub happened, where, you know, the back take, where the triangle choke came out of somewhere or nowhere. I like that. Um, that said, I was recently talking with uh, a black belt uh, named Josh Peters out of CP MMA in DC. And he said that sometimes he watches the UFC with the sound off and that he scores it through yeah. IBJJF rules. Right. And he said, over the years of doing that, what he's figured out is that if you follow the IBJJF rule set, you are more likely to win in the cage. Mm. And I was like, oh. And so we had this crazy conversation. Shout out to Josh, we gotta have that combo. But my point is, I think that 
you know, what, what we started talking about was how sometimes when we think being sub only is the solution, what you end up with is a bunch of haphazard jumping around, cartwheels, and endless inversions to nowhere, right? Because nobody's really thinking about getting, finding, keeping, maintaining a, a dominant position, and then getting the sub. They're just jumping for ankles or jumping for knees, and it's yeah. not necessarily as technical. Well, I think that's the divergence in the sport between what it originally was, uh, where there was a lot more consideration of, it was jiu-jitsu was a grappling art that could nullify striking arts. And now it's a, a, where we're just going grappler to grappler. If you watch, the IBJF rule set is made around the the points you score are based around your dominance and ability to strike someone. So like mm -hmm. the mount score is the same as the back because as we can, you can if you're in the mount and you can strike someone, it's a it's a very dangerous position. Like yeah, uh, neon belly. Like if you can get post up on someone and load up on shots, same thing. Um, guard passing, like similar kind of thing. Like if you can get past someone's legs, you are much more like yeah. you've got a bigger ability to to um, strike them, which which makes sense with like your, your friend saying like why that would work well in MMA if you score on it, like those people tend to mm -hmm. win because we're increasing our positional dominance that so allows us to have better strikes. Against, in, in just pure jiu-jitsu though, where we're going grappler to grappler, mm -hmm. like do we want the sport to remain, like this is jiu-jitsu and it will work with self-defense? And if we do, in that case, why are we not training with strikes? In which case, are we just doing MMA? Uh, and then if not, then surely our purest rule set is submission only, no time limit kind of Right. Matches. But then that ends up sucking. Like, man, like watching some of these dudes at the top level, yeah. like <clears throat> hand fight for 25 minutes yeah. of a 40-minute yeah. match. Like, Kyle Chambers know. versus uh, <laughs> yeah, like two exciting fighters, Kyle Chambers and Ezaki Michelle at the end of that, um, Who's Next? Yeah. Like a three-hour no, no time at someone only match. I don't actually have a problem with it because there's a lot of sports that we're happy to watch for day. Like cricket goes on for like mm. multiple days. You don't have a winner. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, but for some reason we're fighting and we want it to be have an end like that. Yeah. I think the the problem is is that in striking arts you get a bit of a, an adrenaline buzz when you see someone take a big shot. Mm. In jiu-jitsu you might not necessarily get the same, the big buzz is when they catch the submission, which only happens once in the match. Right, right, or the takedowns like, maybe. Oh like. yeah, if there's a big takedown, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a tougher, a tougher watch unless they're really going for it. And usually in a no talent match, a lot of people just pace themselves because if you can just fatigue your opponent long enough, then they're much then, easier to submit. <laughs> do you like combat worlds with the slapping? Uh, I've not watched too much. I've watched a lot of highlights of Combat Worlds, but yeah. um, I think it definitely opens up the game a lot more. There's a lot of things that we can get away with in Jiu-Jitsu that you can't get away you, with. It keeps you awake. You'd be like, mm, yeah. that's dangerous. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, well, I think I see that as a def separate sport entirely. It would be kind of cool to do some kind of hybrid where it's like, Right, submission only for 10 minutes, normal kind of jiu-jitsu rules. If there's no sub, we're going to start adding in like, <laughs> yeah. okay, slaps to the that's way. cool. And eventually it's just MMA rounds. Yeah. <laughs> now you're just fighting. Yeah. You'll be bringing that into the kids' comp team. Yes, <laughs> comp as it should be. <laughs> I've Throwing been, net gloves you, know, you guys have seen, I've been, uh, I'd probably just stop it. I keep uh, slyly throwing in some illegal leg locks and heel hooks. It's hilarious. Like, yeah, he'll yeah. start doing a leg lock and then he looks at me and I'm like, I'm like, Tiny I like chains. how you show the knee bar without showing the knee bar, yeah. right? This is not like, what we would do. This is to, that's totally wrong, Coach T. <laughs> See you in five years, champs. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's pretty crazy. I, I like one thing that is interesting about the rules, though, is I remember years ago I was I was a Denny Prokopos, who was Eddie Bravo's first black belt, and he was explaining to me that when you have someone's back to finish, you really only need one hook. And it changed my submission rate by a lot, mm. right? You get the first hook in, you're over here, 
two, two and a half minutes trying to get that second hook in before you attack. And then I started watching, I think I saw around the same time a clip of Marcelo Garcia and one or two of his clips, he only had one hook in. I was like, the game is different, right? So I started putting one hook in and immediately going for stuff and went all the way up. And then what happens is, even if you're failing with the sub, they can't stop the second hook because they're too busy defending their neck, right? If you're trying to get the sub and you can't get it, release the hook and go to a totally different position. And like, that was huge for me. I think I was, was I a purple belt? I think when I started really leaning mm. into that. It's interesting on the um, statistics on submission rates, there's a great YouTube channel called Less Impressed, More Involved, and he does all these like analytics on jiu-jitsu. Interesting. And uh, he watched like 185 ADCC 66 kilogram division matches from like all the trials and ADCC. And he wanted to find out what the highest percentage of submissions were. He threw out all the matches where there weren't any submissions. And uh, basically the rear naked choke followed by uh, the heel hook and then arm bar were basically the three biggest, really? biggest submissions. Um, <clears throat> I was wondering if those are actually just the highest percentage submissions because they are the most effective or is it that the current meta in jiu-jitsu is that attacking the back is like the most effective way? So that that's what people talk about most. That's what Gordon mm. and Dana talk about. And therefore, your belief determines your behavior. And therefore, if we believe that the rear naked choke is the most effective technique, then we all start attacking the rear naked choke. And therefore, those statistics get like bumped up. Ooh, that's deep. Probably, that's probably accurate. Um... Like if we all just believed like the head and arm choke was the premier submission, yeah. would we see like a uh, spike everyone in the head now, and arms yeah. just being in the way? I think that's fair. You know, that's totally fair. It makes sense. Um, I used to seem to remember where triangles were all the rage. Mm. You know what I mean? But that's probably because people were looking for triangles. Yeah. You know, that's probably partial proof of what you were speaking about. You know what I mean? Because triangles were so cool, everybody was trying to hit a triangle yeah, yeah. on the back, and so it, it was a thing. That's interesting. Laz, do you have a rule set you'd like to see? Any, any uh, ones you would make up? No. Yeah, is there anything you would add? Is there anything you would add? Like, Women I want, versus I, men, you like those matches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, I was going to ask you, because obviously we've got like a local competition coming up in May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you like what your advice would be to people that like on the build up to a comp. Ooh. And I on the day, I don't like, know if stuff. I'm good for that at times because I carried way too much anxiety. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I carried way too much anxiety. Um, I think that when you're preparing for a comp, one of the main things that you gotta do is really take your diet seriously, mm -hmm. right? Like I never missed weight, mm -hmm. you know? Are you listening to? Yes, uh, <laughs> I am listening. I'm just looking at the BJJ EE. Who was just eating like salt crumbs last night? Because <laughs> I have got two kilos to like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, like and, and I got good at it by starting early. People right. try to yeah. do that like, oh, I'm just going to sit in the sweat box for yeah. three hours and come out. That was me. <laughs> right. I ate a lollipop the night before. I didn't know that's all I'd eaten. And I was just sat in the steam room like, I'm going to die. It's like, yeah, not nah, cool. Man. Like, I, like I, I was always really good about, about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think for mindset, I was, I wonder about this all the time. Like, in theory... You know, look, the bottom line is you're, you know, you're probably going to fight how you train. Mm -hmm. So you need to be in, you need to be consistent. Um, but to borrow from John Danaher, you also need to not attach yourself to the results of the training mm -hmm. too much because that happens where like you give the best of your fighting self in training and then you get to the tournament and you're kind of exhausted and fried and you're just not, you mm -hmm. know, you're not optimal. So I think there's that. I definitely believe meditation helps. I believe um, getting away from jujitsu also helps. Mm -hmm. Like Miyamoto Musashi, before a lot of his uh, sword fights, he was actually doing uh, 
calligraphy and he was doing uh, painting. You know what I mean? And people be like, you know, in a few days, there's going to be a guy with a sword trying to take your head off. And he'd be like, yeah, I know. And he's just working on his stuff. Uh-huh. I think that you do have to know how to let go mm-hmm. because jujitsu can be too... Consuming. Yeah, mm. it, can be, it, can, it can be. Yeah, I think some of my biggest insights into jujitsu have been when I've been doing nothing jujitsu related. Mm-hmm. You know, mm, <clears throat> just on a walk or going doing something like... Traveling or mm-hmm. you know, just being out, so just yeah, just where you're not like supposed to be thinking about jujitsu. Right? It's like, oh, this is like a little epiphany. <laughs> uh, something that was come out recently as well was uh, on that point was Kyle Terra. Yeah, you know, how many world champions he's got? Like twelve. Well, yeah, something crazy. Yeah, uh, came out and said more than he's far more pleased with the friendships he made through jiu-jitsu than any of his and all of his championships put together. I saw that post and I have to agree. Like so many of the good people in my life came through jiu-jitsu. Mm. Especially people that based on other things that I like, we wouldn't have, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, we wouldn't have crossed paths. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really powerful. How do, how do you feel about that? It totally. Like I was thinking this the other day, like I think you said about people who have never done jiu-jitsu, you don't like understand the value of what it's going to have in your life till you do it and I was thinking that like I don't think I'd give up jujitsu for like anything in the world like there's, I don't think, there's no value there's no do you know what I mean and it's I mean hilarious it. and like, if you're you outside could, jujitsu yeah, that like, sounds insane like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. she's in a cult yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. but it's like We're people, not in a cult. <laughs> but people don't get like when that thing when that thing clicks yeah. in you mm-hmm. and you feel the, I don't know whatever it is that bites you first is it mm-hmm. the self-worth is it the determination? Mm-hmm. Is it the logic? Like, whoa, that's actually an incredibly intelligent way. Like, until whatever it is bites you, what people who do jujitsu, the passion for, for what they practice, it will never make sense. No. And I think, like, like you said, like, everyone, like, my closest friends are from jujitsu now. And I, like, we said, well, I see these guys way more than anybody else. So I'm a family or anything like that. But I think everybody is so different, but yet I feel like we all have so much in common. It's bonkers. And it's, yeah, and like you said, I don't know if we'd have ever crossed paths otherwise, so it's like, mm. well, it's I cool. think, Yeah, I think like what Kaya is saying is, is super important for people because, you know, think of how cool it must be to win, like, a one world championships. Mm. Like, people state their whole jiu-jitsu careers and, like, one... They've won, you know, one black belt world championships out of the division. He's won 12 of them or something, right? Yeah. And he's got students that are champions that's like another massive accolade if mm-hmm. you can if you're a good enough teacher to create amazing students and yet he still says oh that's good but actually i just like making loads of friends yeah. <laughs> it's like and that's what we're all doing so it's like we're getting like the best bits of jiu-jitsu like the highest high you could feel in the sport is not as according to him is not as high as just hanging out and chilling with your mates yeah. and having good memories with them it's it's it it's 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 really nuts. Um, a few a few weeks ago, uh, I was getting ready for bed and uh, the phone rings and it's half Gracie and it's almost midnight. I'm like, you have you have to pick that up. <laughs> you don't be like, I'm gonna shower, right? You're like, Do you answer. And I'm like, hello. And he's like, hey man. I'm like, what's up? He says, Disa, your cousin arrests me, bro. I said what? And he's like, your cousin arrests me, bro. And I can hear my cousin in the background. He's like, is he on the phone? And I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, hello? He's like, hey man, I'm just chilling here with Half. You know, I was like, why are you doing this to me at midnight? Like, you guys are nuts. But Half is silly like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll just call you in the middle of the night to do this. So we're being silly on the phone, whatever. I think about people that I call, you know, it could be Denny, it could be Gumby, it could be. Leo, uh, my friend Megatron, like, and we're always exchanging all these ideas. Sometimes people that were at Heroes that moved to other parts of the country, they'll hit me up, say, what's up? We go back and forth. And like, my friendship network is super expansive. Mm-hmm. My, my, and people who have taught me things beyond jujitsu, maybe they help you with your finance. Mm-hmm. Maybe they help you with, you know, some philosophical thing that's mm-hmm. been bothering you. Maybe they helped you get a new car. Mm-hmm. You just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, some of the relationships that I've cultivated here, like, like Tom, not here today, but like, he, he never talks about it, but he's helped a lot of people from the academy with like 
his work, like law stuff. Mm. So like, um, there's loads of like people here who have like, uh, you know, trade type skills who have gone out like Chris Bates and Aaron Rafter and, and there's loads more and they've just, they just come out and help you out and just, oh, no, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like that community is like amazing. And, and all there's just guys like Tom Henry and Ranjit and they'll like go watch UFC together and stuff. And like, yeah. like none of those people would know about each other if it wasn't for like yeah. some jujitsu. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's wild. And, um, all the all the health information I get from people, mm -hmm. right? Not even from like health experts, but someone's like, "Oh yeah, I read a study on the knee and and that's exactly the info you needed." Because you're yeah, like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> "Thank you," right? And you go go do it. Like it's gold. It's gold. Why do you think? I feel like your friendships evolve so much quicker though through jujitsu. Like, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because you like got so much trust in each other on the mat and stuff, or? I think it's because of the mm -hmm. the mutual vulnerability. Yeah. Right? Like, however any of your friends or family know you, they don't see you mm -hmm. gurgling on the side of the mat as someone's really trying to squeeze the life out of you, mm -hmm. but then the bell rang. Mm -hmm. And what that meant for both of you in that moment, mm -hmm. right? Uh, when you see your friends come in and watch class while they're injured, mm -hmm. right? These are things you're like, dang, they still came in. And you're like... I care about your injury, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I find, like, I, that's what I think is the mutual vulnerability. Yeah. It kind of accelerates your friendship. Mm -hmm. mm. I think that is definitely a big aspect of it. I think there's also a momentum effect where you tend, because you've got a shared passion uh, and you see each other multiple times a week, that creates a momentum where you then, like, the more you see each other, the more you want to see each other. And with your friends that you might not share a hobby with, say your friends from high school or something right. like that, you almost have to make plans to go and do something with them. It's not like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you naturally see each yeah, other yeah. and you have a shared uh, interest mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Then I think there's the fact that you will likely both have a shared purpose as well. And that could be like you want to uh, get a black belt or you want to just be good at jujitsu. Mm -hmm and you need each other for that. So there's a certain part of they rely on you and you rely on them. And it kind of builds this kind of bridge between each other where if you, especially this is great for those people out there that are lucky enough to have their main training partner there, like their guy. Mm. Uh, oh girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you're, if that person then lets you down, then you kind of collapse a little yeah. bit. And then there's like, then if you ever done that drill where you kind of like, uh, you go into a squat and you're back to back and you've got to like put a lot of weight, your weight into that person mm -hmm. or you're both going to fall down, right, right? Right, And the more trust you build, the more you can then lean on that person for a, for and put that weight on them. Uh, and that's your jiu-jitsu bond getting stronger and stronger. Uh, that's why I think it helps no, build that, that bond. That makes a lot so. of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Do you have any thoughts, Loz? I think, yeah, no, I agree with both of you. I think the vulnerability thing. Yeah, I think I agree with both of you. I think you've got a, a big, a big shared kind of community as well where you you strive. It was same same in the Marines, the way you, you all get put into the same troop. So you're mm -hmm. all doing the same stuff every day. Uh, you're all wearing the same uniform. Mm -hmm. You've all got the sh same shared goal. Mm. Uh, and you're all trying to just get better together. It's like, it's very primal in a way. It's like, yeah. it's like, it feels like it's what you should naturally be doing as a human. It's like yeah. being in a group, trying to get better at stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I've said it before, like the whole community thing. Like I always used to think that I didn't really need that. And you know, like you're an independent person, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But I think once you're in it, like you said, you realize you do need other people. Like yeah. you can't just, I was reading in a book and it was sort of saying like with modern relationships, like how we kind of expect so much from like one person, you know, your partner or whatever. And it's like, it's that's so just real. not, it's not, especially with modern day, like everything that's going on. It's like, it's a lot for one yeah, person for one to be able person to give you everything. And like, so I think somewhere like here, I feel like you've got different people you can go to for different things. Noted. Instead of like yeah. offloading yeah. to one person yeah. and, and that support system kind of thing. I think that comes back to the vulnerability, doesn't it? It's like, we'd all like to think that we're like islands in a storm and we don't yeah. need anyone and mm -hmm. and we're, uh, but when you have that 
vulnerability, which mm-hmm. is to say like, actually, like I could use some help here. I've had like a really hard day and I could use someone to talk about it with. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or even if it's just like, I can't get better at this move. Can I need someone to like <laughs> yeah. help me with like troubleshoot it? Like when you, when you have the courage to say that you need help. Yeah. That like, and then, and then you don't get kind of shot down from that and someone yeah. actually supports you because you kind of opened yourself up yeah. a little bit and it could go wrong. It could be like, oh no, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, and then, you, then you're then you going to go like <laughs> into some kind of dark place. Yeah. But, That's how the dark villain is created, yeah, right? Yeah. You wouldn't show me heels. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, those kind of, those bonds get created once you've, um, mm-hmm. once you've opened yourself up like that, which is why I probably take, take, like you say, it happens quite quickly because yeah, so. jiu-jitsu, you, you don't get any better by yourself. You can you can train on a dummy watching Zoom all, all day if you want, but it's not going to get you any better than it is if you just come to two weeks classes. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's just a limit to what that can do for you. You know what I mean? And it does do a thing, but it doesn't. It can't replace that human exchange. Like, mm-hmm. It will never replace that human exchange. Mm. Um, I think also what's interesting is. For my friends in jujitsu, like how much not s- seeing them doesn't affect the warmth, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right? Like you'd be like, I haven't seen this guy in seven years, but it doesn't feel like seven years. Yeah. It's like, what's up anyway? Yeah. Right? It's like, no. Yeah. Like that is one of the best feelings in any friendship, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think the the hallmarks of a real friendship or, or a deeper friendship is that it doesn't take any. So how are you doing? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> like, well, I've been doing jujitsu. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, but yeah. when you're just like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's mm-hmm. up? And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like I love that. You know, um, one of my friends who passed away not too long ago, Will, uh, Half Gracie guy. He, um, I remember on a, you know, because it took me a long time to get my black belt because I was, you know, family dude doing my thing, mm-hmm. nursing injuries. So I would leave and I would come back and leave and come back. One thing that Will always did. And it really struck me about a year ago, is every time I saw him at a competition, he'd be sitting with a bunch of killers. And I'd kind of be, you know, walking by and he would point me out and he would go, guys, guys. He was like, that dude right there, he used to tap so-and-so. And they would look at each other and they look at me and obviously I look like Urkel, plus I wasn't training. <laughs> and they were like, wrinkled like, no, no, which was kind of disrespectful. Like he just told you <laughs> that I did it. And he'd be like, no, he like, really, I saw him do it more than a few times. And he's like, what's up, man? And I'd be like, what's up? He's like, are you training? I'm like, ah, it's the knee, it's the back, it's the life. And he'd be like, okay. And I didn't realize until I got my black belt after he had passed away <clears throat> that he was calling me back, mm-hmm. right? He was trying to remind me of my greatness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what people in jiu-jitsu do is they inspire mm-hmm. you towards your greatness Yeah. at the highest levels. Mm. Inspiration is a big part of jiu-jitsu, I think. Like, we can all look up to um, people who you feel set a good example. And we talked a little while ago about hero worship in jiu-jitsu. Mm. And that's like the fine line that you walk where you don't want to set someone up on a pedestal because that's not fair to them ultimately as well. Like, True. everyone's a human being at the end of the day and capable of uh, great success and, and failing greatly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly I think there's aspects of people that you can take and be like, that inspires me to do better. Or like, I want to emulate. It happens in the practical nature of jiu-jitsu as well. Like, you have a particular fighter we, you like from, from many, from big, a lot of the previous generations, Marcelo Garcia, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone just tried to develop that kind of butterfly, arm mm-hmm. drag, single leg mm-hmm. X game, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's the same when you, when you uh, look at a, just a person you want to emulate. Like, that is a person of, like, character and determination and resilience of which I would like to... Mm-hmm. see in myself mm-hmm. totally yeah no it's powerful maybe the last thing we can talk about is Frasahabi if you don't know him George St. George St. Pierre uh, coach uh, owner of TriStar Gym in um, Canada what a great guy he does so much cool stuff mm, great podcast uh, yeah he says he said recently that every man should know how to fight do we agree oh we definitely agree (laughs) no we definitely agree i just think that like it's harder to um i don't know i think like if we all know how to fight we all have a higher sense of i think discipline and compassion 
mm. right? And with that, society can change, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think I think I think every man should should have some fundamental. I think every every uh, my daughters, right, need need it too, right? Um, and so that's why helping kind of de-escalate women and girls feeling socially like, yes, you should come here and learn how to defend yourself. Yes, you should and can punch, kick, strangle well, right? That's huge. I think society wins. What mm. do you think? I agree. I think uh, it, if only, not for the self-defense aspects of it, but for, to get rid of that angst, anxiety, um, weird feeling people get when they don't know how to fight. Mm. And it it causes a lot of tension. Like we were thinking, talking about in the last podcast, it was like the people who least know how to fight are always the first people to want to fight because they've got like they've got to protect their egos yeah. or like there's they feel there's some status around being able to fight. Uh, so I think just to get rid of that weird thing that's in human nature where we we naturally rise to conflict yeah. at some point, uh, I think is is good to have. I think. Naturally, to well, obviously, to get to the top of the evolutionary tree, you need to be able to mm. to commit acts of violence. Like that's like it's pretty obvious if you look at. We wouldn't be where we are now if we couldn't have defended ourselves, or right. or if you just need to look at a bit of history. Like everywhere conquers, tries to conquer everywhere else. Mm. We're competitive by nature. Mm. If mm. someone has some resources. I'm gonna want them resources, <laughs> things. So it's true. So yes, you should be able to uh, fight for like self-defense and all those kind of reasons we give. But I think also just to kind of get that bit out of your human nature, where it's just to calm that inner, inner little demon in your body that's saying like, <laughs> "We gotta go." <laughs> yeah, 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 no, totally. <laughs> what do you think? So do you think if everybody knew how to fight, there'd be less fighting? I think there would be less fighting, but not because of the violence, because of the compassion and the mm -hmm. discipline that comes from the training. Yeah. Th this is interesting, I think, because we could make the, you could say similar, but I think it's different between like in the States, would it be a politer society if everyone was armed? Jiu-Jitsu is kind of like a low level armament, isn't it? Yeah. However, a gun doesn't make you doesn't kind of get rid of the things that I was just talking about, like the like anxiety things. Mm. But, <laughs> so there's an argument to be made, well, maybe there would still be a similar amount of like shootings and things like that. Whereas if we, if everyone's lowly level armed with jiu-jitsu, right. <laughs> I've got some jiu-jitsu on my hip. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like you are naturally, like mm. we would like to think that makes you a, a better person, although that's a good question. Does it make you a better person? So here's the thing that's interesting. Just the other week, a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> Anthony Thomas, he, he's a karate teacher in, uh, in, in the Bay. I don't know what he had come across. I think it was in Texas where two people had had an altercation, but I don't know if it was in that county or that town or if in the state, there's a basically like a one-on-one -on -one law. And oh, yeah. so it was like, well, what's up then? Well, what's up? I think that's in uh, Washington. Is it? it? Yeah, and then, yeah. Like, they have and then like you mutual can just, combat. You can squab and yeah. then that can be that. And no, I was like, he was like, how do we not have this as an American standard? I was like, yeah, we should just call it like the ones rule. They're going once, everybody back yeah. up, right? And then, yeah. and then psh, psh, all right, all right, it's over. Like, I grew up like that as a kid. You, you had to go once. Yes, yeah, you know, it's like... I don't know if you've ever got into like, you know, silly flat fights in like primary or high school, but like you'd fight that kid and then they would like make you like just stand next to each other for a while, like look at each other and be like, oh, this is stupid. And you, yeah. you kind of like, <laughs> like, you kind of like make friends with the kid you just had a fight with because yeah. you're like, oh, now we're both in trouble together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going I, from I, being enemies to being friends. <laughs> I think that there's, I think that there's, I think that society would be a little bit better if we could have more of those kind of situations, like in America, I don't know what it's like here, but like PE is all but evaporated from American education. Mm. At one of the last high schools I worked at, PE, it looked like the, the coach would have the kids walk on the perimeter of the fence and just talk. It was like cattle, it looked like cattle driving. Okay. And I was like, 
No one's going to learn how to catch, throw. No one's going to scrub their leg and then everybody got to carry them off. Like that's why PE is important. But in American schools, PE is pretty much all but gone. And with with the decrease of PE, you have the rise of technology. And now they'll just mm -hmm. walk in a circle on their phone. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, that's that's a whole, like to be in the prime of your youth and squander it like that feels like a crime against humanity. Mm -hmm. So like, is it like that here? Do they have PE still? Like, do you have to dress? We do have PE, however, it's pretty much, well, it might be different now, but for when I was in school, it was just, right, you're gonna play, go play football, you're gonna go play rugby, or you're gonna play like cricket, or you yeah, shoot yeah. some basketball. Badminton like, or something. Yeah, it was just like, it was just, for most of the time, it was just like, PE's just like, we're not gonna game a footy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that, I think that it would be good. And I wish people would bring back the ones law to all states. <laughs> mm. It should be a global standard. <laughs> Do you think it um, would work if they taught jujitsu in schools? I think it, it would be interesting, for sure. I'm not sure if every... I think it would be great if they taught combat sports in schools. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily sure if it, if it was just jiu-jitsu, if every kid would vibe with it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Some kids, like, you know, are just naturally going to gravitate towards wanting to do grappling. Some mm -hmm. kids are naturally going to gravitate towards wanting to do striking. Um, maybe some want to do wrestling. Like, I think as a, as a start, it would be great just to get any kind of combat sport into schools. Mm -hmm. Jiu-jitsu is obviously maybe ahead of the curve because it's a... Uh, you don't, if you want to do nogi jiu-jitsu, you don't really need much equipment. Yeah. You just need some mats. Yeah. There's no parents that are worried about getting, their kid getting head trauma. Uh, that you could argue with boxing. Uh, and there's all, all the other kind of reasons we, we give. But I'm not sure if kids would be too game for it. I think here it's like kids are so obsessed with football. Mm. That... Uh, that like if you say, all right, in PE we're now doing like jujitsu, jiu unless it was like like we're doing for like GBF, like it's an eight week, right? For the next two months we're doing like jujitsu, and then mm. after yeah. that it's like we're going back to football, and after that we're doing wrestling or something. That'd like, be you know, cool. yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough. I think as the sport grows, it'll be more interesting because you'll have a load of PE teachers who just naturally because PE teachers tend to be like people who are interested in fitness yeah. and health. And as Jiu-Jitsu is on the rise, a lot more people start to understand it and more of those people just want to train. I think actually, isn't Gabe's PE teacher like a purple belt or something, I think. Yeah, really? Yeah, I think that's that's right. He was telling me uh, the other day. Uh, so, and now you can study it as part of the GCSEs here, in, which is the high school kind of uh, qualifications you get mm -hmm. at, at PE. So maybe, maybe it will get into schools. Oh, that's cool. Now, on on, I just want to throw this at both of you just because I'm curious. What I just watched the Bouchesha documentary, which was pretty awesome. It's on YouTube. You should check it out, everybody. And it made me think about like the lack of historic and cultural knowledge that most practitioners seem to have. Mm. Like, you know, and it makes sense. You know, it's been around for a while. People ain't gonna know everybody. But I've been around people who have no idea who Hoist Gracie is, and it blows my mind. Right, and so watching the Bouchesha documentary made me say, "Man, like, what movies do I think someone new to jujitsu should make sure they they watch or read?" Right, mm -hmm. like, what what do you think? Some you know, someone's new, uh, they've been doing it for it's their first day, first six months. You should probably read what or watch what to get a sense of what they've entered. <sighs> To some extent, I just don't think they should. Like, I think, I. Because it would they, it would blur. Like no, I think there's the there's a quote. You know, if, if those who fail from to learn from history are doomed to kind of repeat kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So there's for sure benefits to knowing the past, but I think for most people, the reason why they might not know the jujitsu past as well is. So they're just not that, not that interested. And in a thousand years' time, are we really going to care who a lot of the jiu-jitsu practitioners were? Will the history books even be written a lot differently than they are now? I think mm. probably so. Like, like Robert Drysdale's 
upcoming documentary that's been up and coming for like the last yeah, 10 the, years. Yeah, the, the Carlson. Yeah, so like... Or is he, that the opening close guard? Open, like the one that's like... Yeah, yeah. The book is based around. Like that has like a... Almost like a Malcolm Gladwell revisionist history type feel about it where... We all know the Gracie family is like, up to this day, even Hannah is like, they're, they're great at jiu-jitsu, but they're even better at marketing. Right. And uh, there's like a, a wisdom in jiu-jitsu where like, we've got the legacy wall, but mm. that's kind of like the, the history is written by the victor kind of wall. And that's what we espouse today, but it might not necessarily be true. Mm. But to give you an answer, if people were, to go, if I to give like one recommendation for people to go and uh, like oh, side jiu-jitsu, they want to know like a little bit more. There's a really good YouTube documentary called Jiu-Jitsu Versus the World. Um, I've always heard of it, never watched it. Yeah, that's really good because it gives you like, it gives you a good idea of what Jiu-Jitsu is and it kind of, it speaks to the audience as they are a novice and not someone who like already knows about the spot so i think that's like a a good one to check out yeah so book do you have a preferred book a book i mean i'm not much of a reader but for when i started i got the saulo hibero jiu-jitsu university early on gold and that was that was pretty good uh but you know now i might recommend someone to should ask the question again, like, what are we trying to get from them? Like, if someone's brand new, yeah. what book or movie might you suggest for them? In terms of them to understand jiu-jitsu Yeah, like, better. oh, you know, since you're new, you know, mm. this would probably be good for you. It's cliche, but I might actually just recommend them to read Sun Tzu's Art of War. <laughs> like, yeah, I think there's a lot more to be gained from that book in terms of your jiu-jitsu progression than there is probably even just watching or reading the jiu-jitsu university yeah because yeah. you're going to get a lot of the concepts around uh what it means to be like in in combat there's there's so many things in that book where if you just think about it deeply that they apply to all of your jiu-jitsu mm, yeah kind of like learning the concepts rather than just the techniques kind of thing yeah what about you? Are there any movies? I'm new. <laughs> She's like, I just got yeah. here. Don't you be tell asking me. stuff like that. Yeah, no. I've got my Amazon window yeah. open. I'm like, when you're saying things, I'm like, yeah, to Purchase. I'm going to read that one. <laughs> um, for me, just because it was so crazy to me to watch as a white belt and I thought it was cool, choke. I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seen that. That's I have the classic one. I think that and then... I mean, the truth is, on YouTube, almost everything Stuart Cooper made, those like those, those are all good. of those yeah. are awesome. Never get tired of those. Yeah. So pretty much anything by Stuart Cooper. Um, I think a good one would just literally go back and watch the first UFC or maybe the first three. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that 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 that's awesome. I think beyond that, I definitely like this uh, Bushesha documentary. It was it was very cool. And even one section uh, they have as a cartoon, which <laughs> I didn't expect. And it's a well-done cartoon. Um, there's a very short documentary on Kyotera on YouTube that makes me almost cry every time I watch it. So I'd be like, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> you know, I think actually when I, now I think about it, the thing that I actually show people the most that they don't know Jiu-Jitsu is the Daisy Fresh documentary. Uh, you know, have you yeah, seen it? Yet? Yes. No, I haven't seen it, but I know oh, it exists. You need to watch it. Yeah, what? It's, it's like it doesn't matter if you're into jujitsu or not. Just the crazy lifestyle that these people leave is very. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. enamoring, and uh, I think for most people, whether you like jujitsu or not, you could watch that documentary mm. series and uh, and be like, "Man, I need to fucking try this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what used to be cool? There was a. too many wormholes back in the day. The first thing I'll say is there was a movie on Mario Sperry called The Zen Master. Mm. It was, go I don't I don't even think it's on YouTube anymore. The right. Zen Master. Was it about, it's like ADCC running stuff? Or? It was, yeah, it was a mix of that and MMA. I think he was still yeah. in MMA when that came out. So The Zen Master on Mario Sperry. And then there used to be, I got to look on YouTube, there was a, 
Oh my God. One of the old school BJJ guys had an instructional. It was gi and no gi. Marcio Feitosa. Marcio Feitosa mm -hmm. had a gi and no gi DVD. And at the end of each was a short documentary that had him, Pedipano, and all these old school GB guys. Oh. Sick. But I don't even think that's on YouTube either. So. There's so guys. much good, like, there's, there's, there's lots of... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> They're going on, like, Pirate Bay to try to find... And then they get the infection. Oh, yeah. my computer's dead. All because I wanted to see Mario Sperry. This is not fair. Uh, funny. I think we're quite lucky, Jiu-Jitsu. There's a lot of good content out there, actually. I'm surprised so you much. didn't just say... Just go follow Danaher on Instagram. That'd be your advice. Yeah, you could actually. Um, oh, if you want, if you prefer the Danaher Diaries audiobook. So good. One, two, and three. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah, I think that's great content in Jiu Jitsu, and I would love to see more and more. I'd love to see every academy on the planet be making like loads of their own little mini documentary series or yeah, doing their own podcasts. That'd be good. Just spreading the word because I think the biggest problem we have in jiu-jitsu right now is educating people to what it is. Mm. And it's, it becomes a joke that no one does anything about where everyone says, you know, you're at your family party and they're like, oh, how does the karate go in? And mm. like, like, until we can educate people to the point where they respect what it is that we, that we do and they know about it and they and it's kind of in the public's uh just kind of consciousness yeah, general consciousness, consciousness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like it's never going to be able to grow into a really big spot mm -hmm. no agreed totally agreed no this was great man enjoyed this, this one professor that can be your next thing then a gbrl documentary it could be your what will we do? Pilot, I don't know. <laughs> Just messing about. Here's our extremely uh, <laughs> no <-jitsu>. scheduled <laughs> curriculum. It'll mainly just be Behind like kid fights. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're just no. doing stupid yeah. chill. It could just be my joking around on teaching the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving jokes that they don't understand yet because yeah, they're not yeah. old enough. But they're still laughing. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> yeah. still like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. All right. Okay, guys, thanks for joining totally. us uh, for another episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace.